And welcome to the Seahawks Show with Kevin Daggett, also known in Paris as Kevin Daggett, and uh, Lee Val on Lee, and that's Kevin. On this episode, we look forward to week one of 2020. Hard to believe there's actually going to be a season, and it's going to be a weird one because there's going to be few fans in the stands at most stadiums. But Kevin, how are you? Bonjour. I'm good. <laughs> how's your How's your year been? We haven't talked in, on this show in a while, anyway. Well, there's been a you know few things that have uh, gone on, but actually not uh, not too bad. Staying healthy, working, and um, just kind of dealing with life as it comes. You know, I don't even think of these days. Exactly, and uh, yeah, me as well. But by a few things, you mean Jamal Adams got traded to the Seahawks for a couple of first round draft picks. Do you think the uh, Seahawks overspent for Adams? They probably did, but um, my thing about Adams, I, I hope they can uh, mix up that defense a little bit and stunt a little more. So you know, because he's he's a pretty active guy in that defensive backfield. So hopefully they'll they'll let him do his thing and um, you know blitz and rush and and uh, be able to uh, access his abilities. I'm just I'm afraid they don't. Their their defense is a little too plain Jane for for him, but hopefully not. You think if they had a different defensive coordinator other than Ken Norton Jr., maybe somebody like Dan Quinn, for instance, or maybe Pete Carroll just doesn't allow the DCs to to really be that creative. But do you think if they had a a different defensive coordinator other than Norton Jr., he'd be able to be use Adams and and a lot of other players for that matter to uh, to better effect. Yeah, I don't – well, I mean, their defense is pretty effective. It'll be – we'll have to see what they let him do, you know, what they do this year because they've – I mean, that's that's what Adams does. So if they if they can use him, great. I, you know, Quinn and um, – uh, what was the other guy's name that went to Dallas after Quinn? Um, oh, uh, oh um, gosh, sad that we're having a Seahawks show. Yeah, um, the guy who was DC, uh, defensive back and then he went to D.C. and – uh, Rashad, uh, Rashad. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, they've, they, they're not, it might be, it might be Carol's call. They have never really been, you know, since Carol's been there, they haven't been that much of a, uh, you know, stunt type of defense, it's, you know, pretty straightforward and, and play nickel once in a while. But, um, you know, so it might, I, I don't know. I, I've got some hopes. They've got a, we got a pretty stout, as long as Dunbar can play, they've got a pretty stout, um, defensive backfield. So, um, you know, they've been talking about Legion of, Legion of Boom 2 and all that mess. That's that's to be seen. But, um, yeah, I'll give them a chance. Hopefully they'll mix it up a little bit. Yeah, Dunbar, I haven't heard the latest. Yesterday was some some reports about the text coming out that maybe he was more involved in the alleged ro- robbery in, in uh, Florida this offseason. Because, man, that thing's been so back and forth. It was like, okay, he was involved and now he's not involved at all. In fact, he's off the exempt list for the NFL. He's able to play. No suspension at this point that we know of. And then yesterday, I think more texts come out that maybe he was involved. I, I'm, none of us, nobody knows really what the extent of his uh, of his involvement in that robbery, whether it was any or none or whatever it was. But at this point, it looks like he should be able to play week one. Um, he was the second highest rated or second highest graded cornerback per, uh, pro football focus last year. Had a good season. You know, he's, he's still kind of new, newish to being a cornerback. He's played the position for what, three years or so after transitioning t- from being a, a receiver. 
I mean, I do have he, the the size he has, the length he has is like a pure Seahawks cornerback as far as what Pete Carroll loves to have. Hopefully, hopefully he'll have a great season. My only concern is a lot of people keep referencing that second highest grade per pro for, football focus last year. The year before, Shaquille Griffin, who was really good last year, had the lowest grade of any cornerback uh, in 2018 of in the National Football League, and we knew he wasn't that bad. So maybe, what do you, I, your thoughts on Dunbar? Maybe him not really being that good. Maybe he's good, but is he that much better than Trey Flowers? Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of number 21 after last year. But <laughs> one of the one of the things I think Dunbar is going to do is he's going to force Flowers to be better. I mean, Flowers even said, "Hey, I'm not. It's not." I'm not giving up this job. I'm still going to be the starter. And, you know, maybe he is, but I, hopefully it'll force Flowers to be better because um, he can be better. And yeah, I'd like Dunbar. I mean, he's a, he's a solid, uh, you know, solid cornerback. And he does, he's got that big size. And, and um, you know, if he doesn't, hey, Flowers can step in. I mean, Flowers is a, is a good bet. He's not horrible, but I'm just not sure he's, he's a starter in the uh, – the NFC West and he's a solid backup. And, um, you know, if Dunbar does, uh, have some issues, I'm, you know, flowers will be ready to play. Hopefully slot corner was a, an issue last year as well. Um, but Ugo Amati seemed to be the guy that was going to be the slot slot corner this year, but it seems like he's been overcome by Marquise Blair. Who's really, but they're both safeties, but Blair's more of a classic safety had a great camp. You have high hopes for him being the slot the nickelback this year well the nice thing is there's two guys there fighting for the spot and they're both you know pretty good like you said blair has had a good camp and amadi was supposed to be the guy so we'll see i mean you know with the with not having a preseason it's going to be interesting to see um you know i don't know how i, I guess it's just weird not having a pre i don't really like those preseason games all that much anyway because you, know, you don't get to see a lot of starters but um for the guys fighting for positions, boy, they sure, uh, I'm, I'm sure they missed it, but we'll see it. Um, you know, the first few games is probably going to be like preseasons guys kind of ferreting things out and seeing who's going to be the, the starter, who's going to step up. I yeah, just I hope think there's no injuries right off the bat. That's my, yeah. I, you brought up two really good points there. First of all, how much rust teams are going to have and not just the Seahawks, but the Falcons and anybody else who plays in week one, how much rust they're going to have, because even though you don't see the starters that much in preseason, they still at least able to are able to go through the motions, not against their own team, but against other teams. And, and there's going to be a ton of rust. I mean, just going into week one, even week two, as far as things go. So the problem is there's a six, it's a 16 game season still until we get to 17 games next year. Right. And then, but so every game matters. So those first couple of weeks of the season, teams are going to be shaking off the rust. So what you see in week one and week two, two for the Seahawks is probably not going to be what you see in weeks 10 through 16, but that could really, or 17, but that could really hurt the team as far as playoffs, even though there's one more team in the playoffs this season than normal. And I also think the great point you brought up there is, you know, a lot of teams go through injuries in the preseason. They're able to come back because you're not hitting, you're hitting your own teammates. You're going to hold up naturally against your own teammates. Even though you're, you're going out there and, and hitting hard, you're going to hit, you know, if, if for instance, if you're Jamal Adams, you're not going to hit Tyler Lockett as hard as you want to hit Julio Jones. And because of that, there's going to be more injuries. So my concern 
with the Seahawks is even though they have a lot of top-end talent on this 2020 roster, if they lose players like, worst-case scenario, obviously, Russell Wilson, but if they lose Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams, I mean, that's going to be, to me, that'll be more detrimental to the Seahawks than it will be to other teams. Do you think the same thing? Yeah, I agree, and especially at that defensive line with all the just ridiculousness, Do they for have lack a of a better line? word. It's just all right? linebackers, right? I mean, God, I, you know, I'm so sick of the, I don't, that whole clowny thing, I don't know what was going on. I mean, Griff, what the, I don't know. I mean, it's Collier, oh, he's a proven player. You know, I mean, I, I don't even know, but we'll see what happens. It's, I mean, that's a, you know, you got, you got these fantastic, at least on paper, and I, I think they're, you know, they'll, they'll, you got a pretty stacked defensive backfield, but they're going to get worked over if there's no pass rush. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you've got some pretty, you know, even Matt, Matt Ryan, you know, he's had his difficulties the last few years. The guy's got a hell of an arm. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can't get a pass rush on him, he's going to make some passes. So, and that's just, that's just week one. So. Yeah. Matt Schaub was who the Seahawks played against the Falcons last year. And he had what, 470 yards passing or something like that. I mean, that's, Matt Ryan's obviously clearly a lot better than that. Yeah, I mean, this defense is built, you know, kind of what they tried to do with 2012 through 2015 as far as, you know, back to front. But the front in those years also had Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill. There's, there's, I mean, they, they added Bruce Irvin this offseason. Fine. They added yeah, Benson was- Mayoa. Yeah, exactly. And they <laughs> added Benson Mayoa, who, who is okay. But they don't have a Cliff Averill, and they don't have Michael Bennett. And and relying on players like Collier, like you mentioned, or Rasheem Green, who sadly led the team in sacks last year with four. I mean, those those aren't the same kind of players. So it doesn't matter how great your linebackers and secondary are. And, And on paper, the Seahawks' back end is, back seven really, is among the best, if not the best in the league. But as you pointed out, if you can't get any pressure on the quarterback... You can't cover everybody all day long, and Matt Ryan's going to find Julio Jones and other people open at this point. Uh, I just I I don't get the Jadavian Clowney thing. Maybe he wanted too much money, but when supposedly the Seahawks were right, they offered him like fifteen million dollars to start with. He ended up signing for twelve plus incentives, which could equal fifteen million for the Titans. It seemed like he didn't really want to come back to Seattle, but couldn't they in the months that went by, which was like what March? to now couldn't they have signed an everson griffin or something else it seemed like all their all their dice were in on that one player and they just didn't approach they they built the secondary and they built the linebackers jordan brooks i think will be good um long term he, he might be great who knows i don't know how good he'll be in his rookie season but the offensive and defensive lines are going to hold that they could theoretically hold this team back from being what could be a Super Bowl contender to maybe not even making the playoffs, right? I, I agree 100%. That's you mentioned the offensive line, they really didn't touch that. And, and that whole clowny thing, uh, here's my take on it. And I've talked with some buddies about this. Is my, I really think, and it'll, you know, we'll see what happens, but I really think that his injuries are a lot bigger than, than he's letting on, anybody's letting on. And that's the reason why he wanted, you know, as much money as he could get <clears throat> is because his injuries. I mean, he's, he's, um, you know, he, he was healthy last year for the most part. Um, 
did well, but I, I agree. I don't I don't know that he wanted to come back to see and I don't know why not. I mean, maybe they did something and pissed him off. I don't know, but I mean, you know, the Seahawks can be a Super Bowl contender this year with him a lot better of a Super Bowl contender. So I don't know. I mean, I don't I, I just I mean, and I don't think the Titans are a Super Bowl contender by any means. So um, twelve million dollars. I, I, I mean, I thought. <laughs> I don't know. I. It just. It ended up being a joke, in my opinion. And then Griffin goes away, and then you know you got a, a few other guys, snacks, and some other guys that you could have signed, and and you didn't, and they were cheaper than Clowney. Um, I just don't know. I mean, the focus seemed to be on the on the linebackers and the defensive backfield, and um, you know, I, I don't know. That was a weird deal. That whole Clowney thing. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I mean, it's maybe the hope is that Collier was injured last year. That slowed him down. And he's going to be a lot better. And, you know, last year coming into the season, one reason he was drafted is because it, it looked like he was that Michael Bennett mode mold where he could play outside and also play inside. And maybe that's what they're hoping for this year because they only have three defensive tackles on their roster as it is going into week one. And, Two of them are solid, and then after that, who knows? I mean, Puna Ford's not going to put any pressure on the quarterback. Hopefully, he can stop the run. He's been decent. And Jaron Reed was not great last year. And then, you know, the year before in 2018 with Frank Clark, he had 10 and a half sacks. So maybe they're hoping. But there seems to be a lot more hope involved for the Seahawks instead of... I'm, I, I don't like to go into a season with the defensive line being... Well, let's hope they're good instead of the knowledge that they're good because the back seven of that defense is so good that you can't just hope. You should have made moves. You could have had Griffin, Everson Griffin, for instance, or Snacks Harrison. Now, Snacks Harrison's still out there, but who knows if he wants to play or not. I mean, Clay Matthews is – if Clay Matthews wants $5 million a year, I would sign him for $5 million a year. At this point, they've got $12 million in cap space, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Sign somebody. I mean, I I don't get it. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it was a strange deal. Yeah, it's been a weird, weird season. Um, so Josh, speaking of of positives, I guess the receiving core should be really good. Uh, of course, they have DK yeah. Metcalf in the second season. Tyler Lockett's really good. I think Metcalf could. If it's kind of weird because in a different offense that's designed a little differently, the guy's going to be a beast. I think he still could have a thousand yard season in the Seahawks system, which in any other system might be 1400 yards, but that's good. And then Philip Dorsett, if he's healthy with the foot, you know, he's a good slot receiver, but you know, Josh Gordon eventually will be back if they use him more that receiving core is a strength. And then they added to the tight ends with Greg Olson, Will Disley's back. And then you've got Jacob Hollister who had what 41 catches last year when he was really the only healthy tight end they had at the end of the season. And Luke Wilson, well, I guess Wilson was healthy, but he came back halfway through the season. The skill positions, not just receiver and tight end, but the running backs with Carlos Hyde, who I think fits really well with that offense. And Chris Carson, besides the offensive line, the offense is stacked, right? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I love Carlos Hyde, Carson. I mean, I mean that those are some big running backs. And then you got Metcalf, number you know second year. He had a great first year. He's all good to go. And jo- I love Josh Gordon. I'm glad they got him back. I mean, he's got his struggles, but the kid. I mean, the, the kid's a good player, and and you know we know what Lockett can do, and uh, we know what uh, Russell Wilson can do. Is even with a. Uh, 
suspect offensive line, he's, you know, pretty good. So, um, yeah, I think our skill positions are, are great. It's, and I like the pickup of Greg Olson, Will Disley. Yeah. You know, we'll see. He's a little injury prone, but Jacob Hollister was a beast last year. I mean, he had some huge plays at the end of the season, and and uh, he's a reliable, you know, backup. Yeah, I I agree. I think Olson. It'll be interesting to see who has more targets this year. Olson, and probably his last year in the NFL, and uh, who already has a gig lined up with uh, is it Fox or CBS or whatever, yeah. being an analyst. And then uh, Disley, if Disley can stay healthy, if he can stay healthy then he's going to be a really good tight end. But as you pointed out, he's already been, well, he's played 10 total games in two seasons. He's been great in those 10 games, but he hasn't played past week six of any season yet. Um, And Olsen, you know, having him there, he's going to be a great third down target. I mean, Wilson has, Russell Wilson has the targets and the skill position players to have this offense score a bunch of points. It's just, again, it seems like we talk about the same thing every year. We go back to what can hold this team back, and it goes back to the fundamental offensive and defensive lines. The defensive line sometimes has been okay. The offensive line has been iffy. I mean, if Dwayne Brown goes down this year, there's no George Fant to step in. Um, I, mean, I don't I just, understand that. What? Why did? I mean, what did he sign for a million bucks or something? It's like, what? Fant? How'd you let that guy go? I think he signed for $10 million, didn't he? Fant? Was it? I think it was a huge, yeah, it got a huge deal from the Jets, I think. It was really ridiculous. The Seahawks should have never it matched the, it. Yeah. You know, one of these other guys, though, it was like some, I forget who it was, but I went for like a million. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't get it. I mean, my concern with the offensive line, really, Ayupati should be fine if he stays healthy. Um, I think Damian Lewis is going to be really, really good. Brandon Shell might be the equal of Jermaine Nefetti. If he doesn't pick up the penalties, he'll be even better. Dwayne Brown, if he stays healthy, is going to be good. But I'm not – Ethan Posick, for some reason, keeps staying on this team. And my feeling is that the Seahawks see him as, oh, this is a guy we can move around. He wasn't great as a tackle or a guard or whatever. We can move him into center. He's going to be the next Justin Britt. But I have – Britt at least was – a guy who you didn't want to tussle with, right? Like if you got in a fight yeah. with Britt, I mean, he'd throw your ass to the sideline. Postick isn't that same kind of guy. I, th- I feel like they're trying to has restart a fire. Maybe that's not even there with Postick. The center is a huge concern. I mean, it was Joe, Joey Hunt was fine. Like he was undersized, but he knew the offense and he worked his ass off to, to do what he could do. BJ Finney was brought in this off season kind of, Oh, he's going to be the center. He didn't end up working out. So we've got Ethan Posick. Maybe they'll resign Justin Britt. But do you have any hopes? And 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 if you do, great. But do you have any hopes that Posick actually can be a decent center? Uh, you know, it, we'll see. But I, I I wish they would bring Britt back because Britt had an attitude. I mean, he was like you said. He's just he's a he's kind of a a bit of a bully and and um, you know don't mess with me and I'm gonna I'm gonna protect my quarterback and and. Um, you know, he's, he's a solid guy, but we'll, you know, we'll see with Posick and but you're right. He, he, I guess he is a, a versatile guy, but what do you do if he goes out? <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause BJ Finney is not clearly hasn't shown that in camp no. giving ever, he, he got the, he got every break he could to become the starting center. That's why they brought him in. He couldn't earn it in training camp, which is a big concern. Um, so 
what are a few before we get into the positive we'll get into the negative what are a few reasons you have to worry about 2020 what are like some worst case scenarios that you might think of just as as always i think every team worries about it is is injuries at some positions that we're really thin at like that defensive line offensive line like you mentioned um it's injuries is the main thing and and without having a a preseason with a little warm-up you know these guys are going to be going balls to the walls 100 percent from day one um without you know hitting hitting solid so, so i mean at least that, that's what I suspect they'll do. Maybe they won't, but <laughs> like you said, every, every game counts. I mean, there's no, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's playoffs from the beginning, you know? Yeah. I mean, NFC West is a, a tough, comp, a tough division. So, I mean, if you fall three games back early on, you're kind of beat at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that. I, I agree. Those are my concerns too. health. Um, if worse, this is the absolute worst case scenario, but if Russell Wilson were to get injured early in the season and Geno Smith comes in, um, do you think he could win? How many games do you think Geno Smith would win? Uh, that's a good question. I don't, I, I think they'd probably go looking for another quarterback if he was going to be down for a while. Um, would you be okay with Colin Kaepernick coming in? I, I, it depends on what kind of shape he's in. Colin Kaepernick's a hell of an athlete. I mean, everything else aside, it's, I, he is a he's a fantastic athlete. Um, who was it? Who was it? Richard Sherman back in the day said that uh, he's deceptively fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. He, doesn't, he doesn't look like he's moving, but he's moving. <laughs> he's so yep. damn big. But, but I mean, I you know, Kaepernick's a hell of an athlete. Um, you know, if 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 we if he can can leave some of his. Uh, anger at at some other stuff aside and come in and play football sure i don't have yeah. a problem with it yeah i agree my concern with and because that's if russell wilson does go down of course that's going to be the obvious question hey why not sign colin kaepernick my my concern isn't kaepernick like you said um he's in, he seems to be in really good shape but he hasn't played in what three years four years how yeah. how rusty would he be coming into the Came into the game. I mean, you'd have to play Geno Smith at least a couple of games before you even tried to throw Kaepernick out there. But that's that's worst case. Hopefully, Russell Wilson, who hasn't missed a game, has missed two practices in his career with the Seahawks. Both of those were due to him going to funerals of teammates, uh, family members. Knock on wood, he doesn't get injured, and, and we're good there. Um, reasons for hope for you for 2020? Russell Wilson and um, <laughs> I that they. The uh, improvements in the defensive backfield, the receiving core, running backs, I think all of our skill position, I, I think, um, you know, and the, just the experience, I think uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of good leadership. I, I, and that defensive backfield, I think they've really lacked some good, solid leader, veteran leadership in the past, you know, year or two on that, in that defensive backfield. And I think they, um, you know, they get it back now, you know, with uh, Earl Thomas just had an attitude his last year, and I don't know you know, how much he was into it. And, um, you know, he's got some, some other issues now that I, I don't know if that was going on beforehand, but, um, I think our, if, if we can, you know, there's still time to, to make some moves on that defensive line and hopefully they will. And, and, um, I think if we get, if we have a solid defense, I think we'll be good. I was, um, saw something, the sporting news, they predict the Seahawks and the chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd, that'd be nice 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Chiefs are like everybody's pick. I think to make it out of the AFC, and why shouldn't they be? They got a, a great young quarterback, lots of speed. Didn't lose lose many players. Um, yeah, I, I I think you hit on a good point there, which is leadership in the secondary. I think Bradley McDougald was was a good player for the Seahawks, but not vocal. Um, I think with Jamal Adams and and Quandre Diggs being their entire season that there's going to be some some leadership at the back end of the secondary or back end of the defense where if you blow a Simon or two, you're going to be held accountable by your teammates instead of just going, I think that's 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 what Cam and uh, Richard did. I don't know about Earl. Earl's kind of, he's all he was always kind of on his own plane, but Cam did yeah. that. Sherman did that. Um, and I think Griff, Shaquille Griffin doesn't do that as much as Sherman. I think that's one big difference. I think... Physical skill wise, they're basically the same, but I think the leadership Sherman is, you know, Richard Sherman is, he's a great player. He's a 49er now. He was mouthy when he was with the Seahawks, but that's part of what made him great. And, and, you know, he would still be great if he were with the Seahawks. But I think one thing that made the Seahawks great was you had Cam and you had Sherman who weren't afraid to, to voice their concerns about things going on the field. And I think we get that back a little, we as like I'm part of the Seahawks, but I'm a Seahawks fan. We get that back a little bit um, with Jamal Adams, especially. And then with Quandary Diggs being there the entire season, I think that's, that's really important. Um, so I think we'll have a little bit more on field um, accountability for the defense. So that that's very important. Um, like you, like every other 12, I think the main concern is, can you get a pass rush going? I know that the Seahawks clearly want to have, we've got enough good coverage and we've got enough linebackers. Uh, they did blitz a little bit more last year. Um, they may have to do a little bit more this season, but I think they're they're counting on the fact that they have enough great coverage that they can sup, uh, apply pressure because nobody's open. I, I just don't like that. I just don't like that thought. Maybe because I'm 50 years old and that's not how it was when I was watching the Steelers in the 70s. And maybe things have changed, but I don't know. Do you have that same concern? Yeah, it's it's uh, it is different. I, you know, talking about defensive line. If if um, how long is Taylor going to be out? Have they said on they, him? They, he's he's out. He's he's on the non-football injury list, which means he has to be out at least six games. Okay, that guy and, could be a beast coming in. Yeah, Alden Robinson. He, maybe he'll come in. I mean, he's had a great camp, and people will say, you know, this guy. Everybody in the NFL supposedly says he should have gone a lot higher. So maybe he'll come in and be great too. But they're relying so much on quantity and unproven quality that that's still a concern. Maybe, maybe week one they'll come out and they'll be like, Alden Robinson has two sacks, and LJ Collier Collier's fully healthy and he's versatile and blah blah blah. But that's best case scenario. I until they prove it, I have my doubts. Right. So predictions for week one for you? You think the Seahawks are uh, – I mean, they, they don't do well in Atlanta for whatever reason. Dan Quinn, of course, used to be the D.C. in Seattle, so he knows how Russell Wilson plays. But uh, no fans in the stands, which are going to be changing things because you won't have that loud dome noise going from the fans affecting the game. But what are your hopes? What do you see happening in week one? I, I think we'll beat the Falcons. I don't I don't necessarily um, – you know, that wasn't a game I – pick them to lose um you know just because it's seahawks and falcons i i am um, you know if we can get some pressure on ryan then uh he has he has problems with pressure if they don't get pressure on him uh he's gonna tear you apart possibly but again it's gonna be uh, a <laughs> 
preseason preseason uh, rust, like you were mentioning. So we'll see, knock some knock some rust off and stay healthy coming out of uh, stay healthy coming out of game one with OW and uh, go on from there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, win and move on. Um, yeah, I mean, my main concern is the rust, um, and then them, uh, Seattle not getting any pressure on Ryan. Um, you know, Seattle should have blown them out last year and ended up being a seven point game because that's how Seattle did every game last year. It seemed like, um, no matter how good or bad the other team was. Yeah. I mean, I'll be interested if, if they come out and they're a little bit creative, um, and they put pressure on Ryan, I think Seattle can come out with a, you know, 10 point win. But worst case scenario, if they don't get any pressure on Ryan, the offensive line is is not good, and uh, they're not able to, you know, because Seattle starts slow, slowly every season. It seems like maybe this yeah. year will be different. But best case scenario, they win by ten. Worst case scenario, they would lose by seventeen, and somebody gets hurt. <laughs> so hopefully, it'll be somewhere yeah. in between, and they'll oh. win by a point. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, that's that's our show for this week. Hopefully we'll be back. Uh, well, we will be back next week, but hopefully we'll be back talking about a uh, Seahawks win. Until then, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.